Last time together in the Word, we considered what the Bible has to say about the timing of the rapture of the church, the timing of the start of the tribulation. And we saw together last week in the scriptures that the rapture of the church is going to precede the tribulation, that we are going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air before the seven horrific years of God's judgment on earth called the tribulation ensue. That is to say, if you know Christ as Savior this morning, that you will not go through this terrible time that I'll be preaching about this morning. On your outlines, the first point is the tribulation will be preceded by the rapture. So we have the church age in which we live, possibly near the end of that age, concluded by the catching up of the church of Jesus Christ called the rapture event, followed by the seven years of tribulation, which will be the focus of this message. What do we know about what God says will happen in that seven years future called the tribulation? So moving from the timing of the rapture return of Jesus, which is prior to the tribulation, now let's see this morning seven truths about the future seven years of tribulation. The first truth is point one, and it is this. The tribulation will be seven literal years long. The tribulation will be seven literal years long. Way back in the Old Testament with the account of Daniel, God predicts this, and I'm going to read it for you. Daniel 9, 24 to 27. 70 weeks have been decreed for your people, that is the Jews, and your holy city to finish the transgression. Everlasting righteousness to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off. That's a reference to Jesus' crucifixion. And have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And it will come with a flood, and even the end will, there will be war. Desolations are determined. He, that is Antichrist, who's referenced as the prince in verse 26. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. A week is made up of seven days. That is a reference to the future seven years of tribulation. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week, but in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering on the, on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate. Even until a completion of destruction, one that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. And so what this incredible passage in the book of Daniel, centuries before uh, this day in which we live, predicts that the tribulation will be one week of years, seven years. And from the time, the historical time of the decree to allow the Jews to rebuild Jerusalem until the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, there were seven weeks of years plus 62 weeks of years. That's a total of 69 weeks of years or 483 years from the decree issued that the Jews could rebuild in Jerusalem, 
There were 483 years until Messiah rode in on Palm Sunday, presented himself as Israel's king, only to be crucified. So God, back in Daniel, predicted what would happen after 69 weeks of years. But there are 70 weeks of years in Daniel's prophecy. What about the 70th week of years? What's that? Well, it's the tribulation that still is not here yet. The 70th week of years in God's prophecy through Daniel is the tribulation. And the Antichrist mentioned in the prophecy makes a covenant with the nation of Israel for one week, seven years. And in the middle of that period of time, he erects a bust, an image, a statue of himself in the, in the rebuilt Jewish temple and demands worship from the world as God. It's called the abomination of desolation. And when that happens, halfway through the seven years, and Antichrist shows his true colors, puts an image of himself in the Jewish temple, and demands worship as God, then the second three and a half years of the seven years of tribulation will be called the Great Tribulation. Because as bad as the first three and a half years of the seven years will be in the tribulation, the second three and a half years of the seven years of future tribulation will be far worse. The Great Tribulation. So Daniel 9, 27 again, and he, Antichrist, will make a firm covenant with the many for one week, that's the tribulation, but in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering. On the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction, one that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. So our first point about the tribulation from the text and the prophecy of Daniel is that it will be seven literal years long. The second truth we see this morning is that halfway through the seven years of tribulation, the Antichrist will no longer honor the peace treaty which he made with Israel at the beginning of the tribulation. He comes upon the world stage, Antichrist does, because he does something that nobody's been able to do, to get a peace treaty for Israel and his surrounding enemies. So he has this covenant, peace covenant, for the Middle East, and signs that he will keep the peace for Israel for seven years. But he betrays that promise and that covenant three and a half years into the seven years of tribulation, erects an image of himself in the Jewish temple, and demands worship as God. Then, heaven's wrath against sin on earth will be horrifying. So the tribulation will be seven literal years long, halfway through it, Antichrist will no longer honor a peace treaty made with Israel, and he will bring to pass the abomination of desolation, demanding worship as God. By the way, the abomination of desolation was something Jesus predicted. In Matthew 24, listen. And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to tribulation. 
and will kill you and you will be hated by all the nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he'll be saved. This kingdom of the gospel shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken through, through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Whoever's on the housetop must not go down and get the things that are, that are in his house. Whoever's in the field must not turn back to get a cloak. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babes in those days, because you can't run fast when you're pregnant. Jesus goes on, but pray that your flight might not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Saturday in Jerusalem right now, yesterday, nothing is open. Public transit doesn't run. Elevators aren't even allowed to work in hotels in Jerusalem on the Sabbath. And so Jesus says, pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be a great tribulation, second three and a half years, such as not occurred from, since the beginning of the world until no, now, nor will ever. Unless those days have been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. And then Jesus states some potent last words. Behold, I have told you in advance. At the midpoint of the tribulation, as we have mentioned, when the abomination of desolation is seen in the temple, the Jews will know that they have been, been deceived by Antichrist, but they will also know they are in deep and irreversible trouble. It'll be too late for them to avert the judgments of tribulation. And this abomination of desolation, three and a half years into the seven years of tribulation, will bring to pass the great tribulation. These last three and a half years of the seven will see the judgments of God that were in the first three and a half years greatly intensified. And so to teach it again, Antichrist will make a peace covenant with Israel at the beginning of the seven years of tribulation, and he will not honor that covenant after three and a half years. And so what have we seen so far? We've seen about the tribulation truth one. It will be seven literal years long. Number two, and three and a half years into it, at the halfway point in years, the Antichrist will show his true colors, claim to be God, and will start to kill those who won't fall in line with him and worship him. Truth three, which is four on your outline. The tribulation will have a series of progressive and intense judgments of God's wrath. The tribulation will have a series of progressive and intense judgments of God's wrath. These are presented in Revelation chapters 4 all the way through 19. And these progressive and intense tribulation judgments of God should be taken literally. 
When the plain sense of the Bible makes good sense, seek no other sense or you're left with nonsense. What is in chapters 4 through 19 relative to the tribulation is to be taken literally. Don't allegorize it away. Don't symbolize it away. It's not figurative. It's literal. There are three kinds or groupings of judgment that the scriptures tell us will be unfurled in the seven years of tribulation. There are seal judgments, there are trumpet judgments, and then there are bowl judgments. Very quickly, I don't have time to go into the details exactly. The seal judgments, the first grouping of judgments that will be showered down on earth in the tribulation, the seal judgments include cold war, open war, famine, death, martyrdom, and physical disturbances, mountains and islands shifting by earthquakes, abnormal sun and moon and stars. These are the seal judgments, and they come first. The second grouping of judgments that Revelation gives us are the trumpet judgments. Here's what constitutes the trumpet judgments. Hail, fire, blood on the land, a third of the world's seas turned to creature-killing blood. A third of the seas turned to blood. A third of the world's rivers and freshwater bodies poisoned, killing many humans. A third of the light of the sun, the light of the moon, and the light of the stars is dimmed. One third of the shining of these bodies Sun, moon, and stars is dimmed. Locusts, scorpions, and massive, massive human casualties. How massive? The verses predict that one-third of Earth's population of humans will be killed by demons. One-third. To get your mind around that, one-third of the planet's current population of humans, which is 7.28 billion, one-third of that says that in the trumpet judgments of the tribulation, 2.4 billion people will die. Can you get your head around that? 2.4 billion will die. That's going to be a lot of mass graves. Massive human casualties. By the way, it really amazes me that some people, some Christians, actually think we're currently in the tribulation. I guess you only can think that if you don't take the book of Revelation literally. Well, anyway, on we go from the tribulation's trumpet judgments to the next category of judgment predicted, the bowl judgments. What are the bowl judgments? Let me tell you, painful sores. The rest of all the ocean waters being made toxic by turning to blood. The rest of the rivers and freshwater bodies of water made toxic by turning to blood. The sun turned into a scorching fire. 
total darkness on the earth. Think of it. Only the creator can make the sun a scorching fire and at the same time turn the total planet constantly dark. And the bold judgments will include the worst earthquake in history. Will you remember that under the seal judgments, there were pretty bad earthquakes enough to shake mountains and islands out of their places. But this earthquake under the bold judgments will be far more intense. Let me say it again. Truth three in your outlines. The tribulation will be a series of progressive, intense judgments of God's wrath. And so on we go to the fourth truth. The tribulation will have a cast of characters which the scripture identifies. Let me tell you the cast of characters. There are three categories on your outline. There will be an unholy trinity. We now have a holy trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the tribulation, there'll be a counterfeit evil trinity, the dragon, who is Satan, the beast, who is Antichrist, and the false prophet, who is the Antichrist's right-hand man. The dragon in this unholy trinity, Satan, is an evil counterfeit for God the Father. The beast in the tribulation is the Antichrist, who is an evil counterfeit of God the Son. And the false prophet, he's only called the false prophet, no other name, who is Antichrist's right-hand man, he is an evil counterfeit of the Holy Spirit. We have an unholy trinity that's coming. That's the first cast of characters. The second cast of characters are 144,000 Jews who are converted to Christ in the tribulation. That's in chapter 7, if you want to read about it. 12,000 converted Jews from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, so not Jehovah's Witnesses. The 144,000 is not Jehovah's Witnesses. By the way, when they made that prediction in their cult, when the 144,000 and first Jehovah's Witness came on the scene, they were in trouble. They're well past 144,000 JWs now. If you talk to one and say, are you going to heaven? They say, no, it's full. 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses, no vacancies. Sad. The 144,000 are converted Jews from the tribulation time who will be special witnesses of the gospel in the seven years of tribulation, probably evangelists. And then the third category of characters for the tribulation named are two special witnesses, two very special witnesses of God's. You read about them in chapter 11 of Revelation, and these two witnesses are invincible until God allows them to be killed Their bodies are left in the street, covered by global television. People will be so wicked in the tribulation that they hear that these special witnesses that have been giving the gospel in a very powerful way will exchange gifts with each other because they've been killed. Christmas over God's witnesses being killed. And so I pictured that Chicken Noodle News, CNN, will cover their bodies in the street, dead. But God's going to resurrect them to life on CNN. And then God is going to translate them 
after resurrection to go to him, be with him in heaven. And so the tribulation will have a cast of characters that the scriptures bother to tell us what they are. The fifth truth in your outlines is the tribulation will have two evil entities, two evil entities in the future seven years of tribulation. The first evil entity is a religious Babylon. A religious Babylon. A religious Babylon will be a false and ecumenical religious system where basically truth is thrown out the window and Muslim truth and Jewish truth and so-called Christian truth are just put into a pot. You've seen the bumper sticker for this already, coexist, with all the different symbols of religions, coexist. In the future seven years, there'll be a religious Babylon. You can read about it in chapter 17 of the book of Revelation, and it will be an ecumenical effort to bring all the world religions together. Do you not find it interesting if you Google the present pope and some of his quotes that he's pushing for a one world religion? Check it out. Do you find it interesting that President Donald Trump made us his very first foreign trip as the president of the United States to go to Saudi Arabia, Israel, and the Vatican? Find that interesting? In the future seven years of tribulation, there will be a religious Babylon, an ecumenical religion, a one-world religion. The second evil entity of the future seven-year tribulation is a commercial Babylon. So on the one hand, there will be a religious Babylon. On the other hand, there will be a commercial Babylon. What will that be? That will be a false, idolatrous economic system worldwide, one currency, commercial Babylon. This thriving, worldwide, global, evil economy in this tribulation will fully collapse in one day due to God's judgment fire. That's Revelation chapter 18. So Two evil entities in the tribulation. One is a religious Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. The second is a commercial Babylon, Revelation chapter 18. So let's review. Because of God's revelation in Scripture, we know quite a bit about the future tribulation. And we've seen five truths about the tribulation so far. Number one, it will be seven literal years long. Number two, halfway through the seven years, Antichrist will break his peace treaty with Israel and demand to be worshipped as God. Number three, it will be a series of progressive and intense judgments of God. Number four, it will have a cast of characters which the Bible identifies. And five, it will have two evil entities. So let's go on to the sixth truth about the tribulation. It's this. It will be possible to be saved in the tribulation by placing one's full trust in the Lord Jesus as Savior. But A, it will be harder to trust Christ in the seven years of tribulation. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 to 12, and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved, For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false 
in order that they may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. God will send a deluding influence in the tribulation and it'll be, it'll be harder to trust Christ, to see the truth in Christ than we have in the church age, but it will be possible. People will be getting saved in the tribulation, but the fact is it'll all die a martyr's death. And so while it is possible and will be possible to be saved through Jesus Christ in the tribulation as people trust him alone, it's going to be harder to see the truth about Jesus in, in that tribulation. Secondly, Tribulation time believer converts to Christ will die a martyr's death. Revelation 13, 16, and 17. And he causes all, the great and the small, the rich and the poor, the free man and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or their forehead. That's Antichrist forces that. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Those who come to Christ in the tribulation will die a martyr's death. Matthew 10, 21-22. Brother will betray brother to death, and father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who has endured to the end will be saved. People will die a martyr's death who come to Christ in the tribulation. Revelation 20, verse 4. Then I saw thrones and And they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Christ and because of the word of God, and those had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. People will be able to be saved in the future seven years of tribulation by trusting Christ alone for salvation, but it'll be harder to see the truth and when they do see the truth and transfer their trust to Christ and are born again, they'll all die a martyr's death. The seventh and the last truth about the future tribulation, Jesus Christ will decisively end the tribulation with his second coming. This thing is going to end. After seven years, Jesus is going to bring it to a screeching halt Listen to these glorious words, how Christ will do that. The second coming. And I saw heaven open to behold a white horse, and he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, that's crowns. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except he himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in his blood, and his name shall be called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven clothed with fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses, for from his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations. And he will rule them with an iron rod, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds which fly in the mid-heavens, Come, assemble yourselves for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of commanders, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, of those who sit on them, the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves, small and great. And then I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was seized, 
And with him, the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who had worshiped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword, which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until a thousand years were completed. And after these things, he must be released for a time. Oh, yes, that event that will end the seven years of tribulation will be magnificent. Christ returning to earth to set it straight for a thousand years. King Jesus, King of Kings, King Jesus, proactive. He always is, you know, he's proactive. King Jesus will properly finish what he starts. He always does. Your salvation will be finished by Christ. King Jesus will win. Ultimately, he always wins. King Jesus will have the final say. He always gets the final say. King Jesus, proactive, proper finish, ultimate winner, final say. So what have we seen about these future seven years tribulation? Tribulation will be preceded by the rapture of the church. The tribulation will be seven literal years long. The tribulation will have a midpoint of extreme blasphemy by Antichrist, and that event will kick off the last three and a half years of worsened divine judgment. Number four, the tribulation will have a series of progressive and intense judgments of God's wrath. Number five, the tribulation will have an identified cast of characters. Number six, the uh, tribulation will have an identified pair of evil entities. The tribulation will see persons believe in Christ and become born again, but it'll be harder to believe, and the new converts in the tribulation will die a martyr's death. Number eight, the tribulation will decisively be ended by Christ's second coming. So let me ask you something that is important and something that is essential. What difference do these truths make? Another related question, why did God bother to give us all the details of the future seven years of tribulation, especially since it is planned that the church doesn't go through it? Why did God bother to give us all these details? I think of three things to start with. Stop fearing the future. Some of you are fearing tomorrow. Some of you are fearing this next week. Some of you are fearing the first of the month for your rent. Stop fearing the future. Some of you are fearing diagnoses you've received or prognosis you've received. Stop fearing. God's got it. If God's got something as big as the global dealing with sin called the tribulation, keeping the church out of it, God's got what's making you fearful. God will see you through next week. God will see you through the rent next month. God will see you through your diagnosis and your prognosis. God will see you through the current concerns about being parents. God's got it. Stop being fearful. Second, 
take comfort in the fact that God often uses bad persons to do his will. What? What? Take comfort in the fact that God often uses bad guys to do his will? Well, let me just quickly point out why I say that based on the verses we've looked at. A lot of the deaths that God intends for the judgment and the tribulation will be brought to pass by the evil persons, bad persons then and now operate only so far as the tether which God has put them on. Do you realize that all the evil persons on planet Earth, some with global influence, are on a leash and they only can go so far that God lets them? That's what happened with Job and Satan, right? God put Satan on a leash. You can do anything you want to try to shake his faith, but you can't touch his life. You can't kill him. He's on a leash. Satan is still on a leash. Take comfort in that. That although God does use bad guys to do his will, they're on a leash. They're tethered. And so both Satan and the bad guys he uses are never getting a leg up on God. They're on leashes like dogs are on leashes. Number three, warn others. Now we know something about the seven years of future tribulation. Woe is me, woe is you if we just file that into our heads or the notes we took in the sermon and do nothing about sharing our faith and the hope of the gospel with lost people we know. Warn others. Warn others that after the rapture of the church and the commencement of the seven years of tribulation, it will be absolutely terrorizing, eye-popping, unnerving, devastating, desperate, unrelenting, cataclysmic, cumulative, intensifying, painful, lethal. May we not be just making daisy chains. He loves me, he loves me not. Well, people going into that tribulation except they trust Christ as Savior before the rapture. Let us pray. How gracious of you, Lord, to let us in on some of the key details that are in your plan, but how even more gracious of you to save us from that future time. That Jesus Christ took our punishments for our sin and there's now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, may the truth about the coming tribulation be put into practice as we worship and as we live our lives and as we share our faith. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.